Cup of Johanni Zone, a one woman show that discusses all the non glamorous things that have to do with writing and getting a book out into the world. Enjoy. Coming live from my garage <laughs> because I'm still moving and unpacking. Uh, I welcome you to episode four, where I'm going to be talking with you and sharing with you my experience on working with a developmental editor. Are you ready? Let's begin. All right. So if I didn't say it before in my previous episodes, let me say it here. So uh, from the get-go, well, not really from the get-go, but uh, very early on, when I got serious about writing and, and publishing the writing that will come out from me eventually, um, I made a choice to for it to be self-published, um, to be published under uh, my own, uh, my company name under me. Um, because not only do I want to be in control of how something that has my name on it is portrayed, or, or shows to the world. Uh, but I also uh, don't have that much patience. Let's be honest. <laughs> I really don't. And we will hit on that when it comes to working at, in a, with a developmental editor and what not to do. Um, but that's something that I know about myself um, from internalizing uh, my tendencies and personalities and doing shadow work. I know that I am, yeah, I'm very impatient and I want things like yesterday. So that's the other reason, right? So saying that, I went through Reedsy to um, look for a freelance editor. And I went through them because they vet uh, those people. Uh, so that way it's, um, and I believe I said this before, but it's a lower uh, lower chance, right? Uh, the risk is low when it comes to somebody um, scamming you. Or, or taking your money and then really not giving you the feedback that you need. And, um, and thankfully, it worked out for me great. Um, but as you know, if you listen to two episodes before, when it comes to critique, um, I take things very personal. And I'm not going to lie about that. I do. So let me explain to you. In the hopes that um, if you are a writer out there embarking on your journey, um, kind of like how I am, you learn something from this, or if you are an avid reader, uh, then you understand what goes in the backgrounds of, of with those books that you love, that you love to read, right? So that way, maybe you you can appreciate them more. You can appreciate that author um, a little bit more that you already love. You can love them even more and show them that love by writing them an awesome review um, after you read and love their books. So I went to Reedsy, like I was saying before, um, to their freelance uh, marketplace, and I found several uh, editors, which I thought um, would fit me. And what I did was I looked through their profiles. I saw the kind of books that they've edited before. Uh, once again, I, I am writing middle grade realistic fiction where I delve into families, non-conventional, non-traditional families. Excuse my puppy. He gets really irritated easily. Um, but yeah, so that's that's the theme 
that is part of my stories, those, those families. And in this story, I'm talking about um, the family that is kind of forced upon you when you're a child, right? That those step parents that come into your life and it, it might, may not be for a child, may not be the best experience, or it may be um, the best experience, but it's a hit or a miss. And, um, and that's what I touch upon with this book that I'm writing. And um, once again, I'm writing it from experience as someone who had, who grew up with step parents. Um, although my grandma raised me when I came to the United States, I came to live with step parents on both sides, uh, on both my mom and my dad's side. And, uh, and I touch upon those experiences in the book in a fictionalized manner. Um, uh, but also, I'm also a stepmom to wonderful, two little wonderful children and two grown adults. Uh, but I'm most, um, I'm most attached to the little ones because I've known them since they were very little. And um, I've, you grow, I, I grew to love them. And um, yeah, so it's, it's hard to explain that bond that you create when you know a child from a very young age. Once, um, not that I don't like the oldest ones, I do. But um, that that bond is not there, right? Because they're not, you know, they're they're older already. They're in their twenties. It's like they come and go, and um, we chit chat about life things that I do like about um, the two oldest ones is that I can um, talk to them, college life experiences and things of that nature, and pass on that knowledge, which is something that I love to do. Hence, why I am podcasting. <laughs> so Diane Bailey. You can find her on Leetsy, and she has a ton of experience when it comes to middle grade. And that was one of the reasons why I chose her. And um, what I did was I went ahead and requested, I believe it was five, five editors that fit me, that I thought fit me the best based on their profile. Um, very meticulous. So what I did was I printed out their profiles. I printed... Um, out some of the books that they worked on. I researched those books and then I took like two days to, to research them. <laughs> then I put them on order with who I would like best, you know, all the way down to least. Um, again, once again, I'm very meticulous. I think this is an army planning thing that has just stuck with me. And, um, and then after that, what I did was I uh, send off a portion, an excerpt of the manuscript that I need edited, which is the current middle grade book that I'm working on. And then I waited. I waited for their replies to see if one, they can meet my timeline because that's very important to me. And two, they're okay with working with my work in progress. One said no, because it was too early in the stage. Not gonna lie. I felt a little um, attacked, but um, once we talk a little bit more in this episode, you're going to uh, figure out that she was right. Um, I was too early on in the process. Uh, but thankfully, um, the other ones accepted it. And then from those that accepted it, I, I had to make a choice as to who would fit me best. And uh, once again, I picked Diane Bailey because I thought um, she will fit me best. Um, and uh, not only because she works in middle grade, but she also has... Um, uh, experience with um, step parents because um, she told me in her email how her um, her brothers and sisters were her step brothers and sisters when they will go visit her and um, and that was like what what prompted me to pick her because um, 
with someone with that experience, I would love to get their opinion on how the story flows and how it works. So that was the reason why I picked her. And um, another reason was because she explained how she will give you on her feedback possibilities of things that you can do to uh, fix the, the things that she found that can be better in your work in progress. And that to me is at this stage, I don't know if I'm going to change once I, once I progressed in my, in my publishing journey, but at this stage, that's what I need from a developmental editor. I need someone that can tell me, look, this is not working right now. You can do this to fix this. Because what happens to me in my train of thought is that from that idea they gave me, I come up with my own idea. It gives me inspiration for um, something that I can do that fits me, my writing, and my voice. Right, So that's why I picked her as well, because she put that in there in her letter of, of acceptance, is that she will do that. And she did, ladies and gentlemen. So the, she, she came through and she gave me eight pages worth of feedback. She came before my timeline, which was awesome. Again, I'm very impatient. And, um, and then she gave me... Um, Eight pages worth of feedback, like I said before, and within the feedback, she was saying, well, you can do this. This is not working, but you can do this. And um, what I did was, sorry, I have to switch around my on my floor. Um, so what I did was I, I read it. Um, if you listen to an episode when it comes to critique, you know that I have to digest this and in, in a certain way. So that way I don't get in my own way of um, becoming a better writer by taking things too personally. So what I did was I read it. I read the whole thing. Um, I took a break from it. I read it again and, um, and then went to sleep on it. And what happens with me, how I process things is that if I read, take a break from it, read, go back to sleep, I'm thinking about those things that I've read. And I'm thinking of my own ways to fix it and analyzing the way that she explained uh, may work for me to fix those things. So that's what I did on the third read of the eight pages of feedback that I got. Then I went in and highlighted, right? Um, because once again, and if you don't know this, you don't have to, as a writer, you get feedback, but you don't have to implement every single feedback. You can say, no, this does not work. No, this does not work for me. No, I want to keep this like that. Um, but I can see how I can fix this that you annotated here. Um, so that's what I did. Because mind you, I am multicultural, right? Uh, I am talking about uh, the Dominican culture, Caribbean culture. Um, there are some characters in there that are of Mexican culture as well. So I'm speaking on that. And there were some things in there that are particular to that, that I was not going to change. Um, because I know from experience, <laughs> that's how it is. So. What I did was on my third read was I highlighted the things that I knew, I knew in my gut, I knew for a fact that I needed to change to make the story better. And it was several things that I highlighted. And then after I did those highlights and then I read her feedback, I'm sorry if you hear the pages, but this is me flipping through the feedback of what she thinks may work for me. I wrote a note on that highlight on the side 
and um, I either implemented part of her feedback um, or or her full feedback, or I came up with my own um, solution. I'm sorry. So what I meant to say was that I either implemented part of her solution, her full solution, or I came up with my own solution from her feedback. That's what I meant to say on that one. Hopefully, I'm not losing anybody out there. So that's what I did on my third read. Highlighted it made some comments on how I can go about and, and changing these things. And that one thing that Diane said was that hopefully you enjoy putting it together now, because this is, according to her, this is the stage that she loves the most as a writer. Diane is also a writer um, because she feels it's like a puzzle to put together once she gets the developmental feedback back. But for me, I was very disgruntled. <laughs> I was like, this is eight pages, eight pages of feedback and a ton of more work. You know, other said I was disgruntled. Uh, but um, but yeah, no, I went ahead. I wrote my notes and then I took a break because it just uh, hopefully if you can relate, please leave a comment. Let me know. So I know I'm not the crazy one here or maybe I am. Jeez. Uh, but I was like, I put in all this work and now I got to do it more work. And I think, oh, this is horrible. But um, but I, I read the story. I got to be realistic with myself. Uh, and this is where my impatience works against me. Um, let's go back to what I was saying about being impatient. And that's something that you should try to mitigate when it comes to writing and the publishing and all of that, even if you're self-publishing, is just try to have a little grace, try to have a little patience with yourself because these are layers of work. And um, when a reader reads like an easy to read, awesome story that they just can't put down, that's a lot of hours that the author and the editors involved in that story put in. So it takes a lot of hours because it's a lot of layers of work when it comes to a good story. And, um, but the reader don't get to see that and that's okay. They don't need to see the struggle uh, that the author went through. They just see the finished product that they are just devouring and, and purchasing and loving on. So that's okay. Uh, but when it comes to my impatience, what I did was, and this is why I said that the editor that turned me down, she was right. Um, uh, the manuscript that I sent to Diane and God bless her soul, because you know she worked with that, uh, had past tense uh, incongruencies in there where I flipped from past to present tense, and it was just a lot of uh, grammar errors and things of that nature that I could have fixed myself, so that way uh, Diane can understand the story better. Because, and this is something that I want I want to warn and kind of counsel. Uh, new writers, if you're on this journey, just just like me, learn from my mistakes. <laughs> Make that draft that you turn into the developmental editor as best as it can be, because it is important for them to have your best work. So that way they can understand the story better, because a developmental editor is going to give you feedback on that story, right? Uh, they, they're not going to give you feedback on grammar, so forth, so forth. But uh, 
let's be honest, if there, there are a lot of grammar errors and uh, past tense, present tense, um, mumble jumble in there, it's going to be hard for them to understand the story. Uh, therefore, it's going to be even harder for them to give you feedback. And some of that feedback may be incorrect because they didn't understand your story because of the grammatical errors in it. So learn from me. That is my warning to y'all. And that's what I said, that I was very impatient and that worked against me. But thankfully, Diane is a, is a great editor and she worked with it. She understood the story and that was important with that. But I will suggest not to put an editor through that. And um, so that way you can get the best feedback. But going back to the eight pages of feedback I received from Diane, which is great. This is like I'm talking to you now a month after I've received this feedback and I'm already halfway through implementing it. Um, and now I am not disgruntled any longer. I was at the beginning. Um, and what I did was I did surface level um, crap on it. <laughs> like, I was like a disgruntled teenager and implementing the feedback. I was like doing surface level things. Yeah, that fixed that. Yeah, that fixed that. That fixed that. And then, and then I started going back and rereading the manuscript. And then once again, because I read her feedback like three, four times, that's in the back of my mind. So as I'm reading my manuscript, I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, no, she's right. Yeah, yeah, okay, I see. And then what I did was I started playing Tetris with it. Just like Diane said, it's a puzzle. The story is a puzzle. And now I understand why she said that at the end of her feedback letter. Enjoy the puzzle. Now you get to put it together. That is exactly what it is. So a story flows when there's a structure and the events make sense. And what's in those events are plausible things for the characters. And if you know, uh, if you've listened to the other episodes that I put out there, you know that I've read Story Genius. And that is like right now is my go to craft book when it comes to developing a story is Story Genius by Lisa Crone. And um, in, even in there, so I knew this, even in there, it says that you have to create characters so their actions are plausible in, in the book. And there were some instances in there where the the interaction between Mrs. Frenchie and Isla, Mrs. Frenchie is a stepmom or S-mom, as Isla calls her, is, um, is not congruent. It's a little off. And then the same thing with the dad. So the dad was the biggest, uh, the biggest fix that I needed to do because Diane told me it's just the, the dad is unlikable when that was not what I was after. I wanted, I wanted the, the dad to be likable because I didn't want Isla to have like only unlikable characters around her. I needed her to have um, a loving figure somewhere there. Sorry, I'm adjusting. Not the most flexible person. So so I knew I needed to fix that. And uh, I needed to fix that by delving into that character a little bit more and actually developing a background for this character. If you've read Story Genius, you know that when you're making a character, you're writing scenes about what makes that character tick, what, what that character has become and why. And then you're writing those scenes on how that character became who they are at the point of the start of your story. So that's what I did. And I took my time with it. And when I did that, listeners, that's when it clicked. 
<laughs> that's when the story started making sense because that is one of the main characters in there. You know, it's not just Isla, it's Isla, her mom, her dad, uh, Mrs. Frenchie, who is a stepmom. Those are the biggest characters in there. So, and I had not developed a dad as much as I needed to for the story to, for all the puzzle pieces to fit, if we're going with Diane's analogy. So once I did that, I went back and I started putting the puzzle pieces together. Ha! Yay! <laughs> so now I'm not almost done, but I am halfway through the feedback, halfway through implementing the feedback in a way that can strengthen my story. And I feel so much better. And this is me telling you several things here before I end this episode. And that is to give yourself grace when you're writing these stories, right? If you're a writer out there, give yourself grace. Have some patience with yourself. Get to know your character, especially if you're writing stories that are character-driven. I love to read character-driven stories. So I knew that when I embarked on this writing journey, that my stories will be just that because that's what I love to read. I, I want a character to take me on a journey. So have some grace for you. And I need to listen to this as well. Maybe I need to play my episode back. <laughs> have some grace, have some patience. Um, do your research when it comes to developmental editors. Uh, they are great, especially if you're starting out and you don't really understand or you're not sure if your story is clicking. Work with them. Um, work with beta readers as well. Once I'm done with these edits and I, I proofread it and I make my own grammatical fixes on it, I'm going to um, ask for beta readers out there. So if any beta readers are listening to this, hit me up. I would need you here in a month. Thank you in advance. Have some beta readers, um, writers, and, and let them look at your story so that way you can see from a reader's perspective how it clicks. You can do that. If, um, if you don't have uh, the financial resources right, to go through a developmental editor, uh, that's fine. Um, but you cannot, if, if you're not too sure that your story is clicking, it is best to gain feedback uh, from other people that are not your family, that can give you honest uh, feedback, honest and respectful feedback, I should say. Don't let no one bully you. No, that is a no-go. Um, so that way you can make that story better. Because at the end of the day, and I'm going to tell you as a reader, I'm putting my reader hat on, I can let go of um, some grammatical errors here and there when I'm reading a book. But if the story is not it's not there for me, I'll put down the book. Uh, but I won't put down a book for grammatical errors. I'll put down the book for um, bad storytelling. Um, if the story's dragging on, you know, and so forth and so forth, I'll put the book down. Um, so invest in that. Invest in the story. And then invest on your grammar as well. Uh, once you're done with that, but you have to have that story, you know, got to have that story on lock. So that way your readers can love on it and can can give you those good reviews and so forth. Um, so, yeah. So I hope you learned something from this. And um, I will make sure I um, I put the Ritzy link in there. 
And um, so that way you guys can go on. And um, if you're looking for a developmental editor or any other editors, they have other editors as well. They have proof readers, they have line editors, they have uh, book cover designers and so forth. So you can look in there uh, in their marketplace and look for any sort of freelancers that can help you on publishing your book or making your story better. Highly suggested. It worked for me. Uh, so thank you so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please come back for the next episode on the next Thirsty Thursday. So that way you can have a cup of Johanny. All right. See you all. Oh, we can, we can fly. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to the show. See you on the next episode. Bye. Oh, we could, we could fly. Da, 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 da.